0: All right, hello and welcome to the Trial of Endless Realms, a, a new soon-to-be-kickstarting, I believe, RPG uh, from Lunar Games. And we are going to be doing a trial of it tonight. Myself, Michael, I will be playing Sanus, who is a Celian, which seems like a reptilian-type person. She has a vice of being very proud, but her virtue is that she's composed. Uh, she can also cast magic and, you know, fire, lightning, that kind of good stuff. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, joining me tonight, to my left, is Tanner. Tanner, introduce yourself and your character, please.
1: Hi, I'm Tanner. Um, I am the host and GM of the Shadow of the Cabal podcast on the RPG Academy. And tonight, I am playing Tog Shabek. Um, she is a Calamir, which from what I understand is sort of like a half-angel, half-demon type.
2: Uh, definitely in that vein, yeah.
1: Yeah, so from the art, it looked like they kind of had like big horns and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um she stands pretty tall, very very muscular, almost like coppery skin and has two large almost bull-like horns. Um she kind of always is sneering at the people around her. Um her virtue is that she's calculating, but her vice is that she is sociopathic, which <laughs> is an okay trait for an adventurer to have, I think. Uh it probably doesn't do her much harm in the world, so um she is definitely um wearing a big, long, narrow sword across her back, and she looks
0: like she knows how to use it. Awesome. Thank you very much. And joining us tonight also would be Michael. Michael, introduce yourself and your character, please.
3: Hello, it's Michael. Uh, I am <laughs> the other Michael. Uh, I'm playing the character of Tiny Willow. Tiny Willow is an androgynous character. They uh, is a yakshi character as a race, they're basically a race of tree people, if I'm understanding the doc the documentation here correctly. That is correct. And they uh they age, they have excuse me, they're very long lived. Tiny Willow is roughly five hundred and thirty five years old. And is called Tiny Willow because she is smaller than even some of the smallest um Dengu, which I believe are also turtle people. A little bit more like mole people. Mole people, okay. So she's smaller than most mole people. She or he, again, androgynous. There's no gender assigned to the character.
4: We can say they.
3: They exactly. They is a great way to put it. The yakshi as a race, they uh, they tend to uh, have tree-like features, bark skin, uh, you know, long long branches. My particular vice is that the character is forgetful. Uh, the virtue is that the character is courageous. And uh, again, uh, Tiny Willow is a warden, uh, so they are kind of a, uh, a warrior of nature, if I'm uh, reading this correctly as well. Yep. Tiny Willow uses a longbow and wears some pretty cool chainmail that I think looks very, uh, very wooden and uh, and metal in uh, intricately designed. So like metal or like metal, like metal like metal, metal the metal horns metal <laughs>
0: for the people who are listening only can't yeah, see, can't that. We're see that Rockstar yeah. horns
3: yeah uh also uh uh tiny willow's greatest true asset is the ability to craft horrible tree puns Ooh, that's gonna come up
4: you're gonna have to leave
3: <laughs> <laughs> what a sap <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods, can it kill me? <laughs> <laughs> if it's Tiny Willow, it can.
0: If it's Tiny Willow. Awesome. And uh, rounding out our cast of player characters for tonight, we have Taylor. Taylor, introduce yourself and your character, please.
4: Hi, folks. Uh, my name is Taylor. I am uh, the person behind Riverhouse Games. Uh, we are a game company that is focused on queer and LGBT inclusion in tabletop role-playing games. Once again, I find myself playing another facet of, of my own personality, and also someone whom I have a, a very big crush on, because I am playing Hatalm, an Almiran dandy, and I promise you that I read more of the character than the word "dandy" before I chose to play them. <laughs> but yeah, that was a strong, uh, a strong sell for me. So uh, it sounds like Almiran are um, species of you know tall, lanky rabbit like uh folk the pictures that i've seen on deviant art for the artist which by the way your artist is phenomenal i love all the art agreed it is very good it's it's so good um all the art for almirin uh shows them as spectacular dressers with like really glorious ears which is uh great um almirin uh is a dandy she's um you know someone who lives in, like, a shrine. She's had mentors. She's grown up in, like, this sort of uh, culture of respect, and she's actually given away uh, her... Bonds to a toxic mentor um, who has kind of given her some complexes in being raised. So she she is a little bit obsessive. Uh, that, that is her vice. Um, but it's taught her, her years in that, that society have taught her to be really amiable. So uh, that is her virtue. And I promise, again, um, that this will be difficult for me to play. I will stretch my role-playing bounds <laughs> um, being an amiable obsessive. Um, <laughs> so... She is she is bright. She is bubbly. She has this personality, but she can get a little bit too focused on some things. Um, And she she loves uh, you know whipping around her one weapon, which is a a long and thin foil.
0: Excellent. And I'm sorry. What was your character's name again, Taylor?
4: Uh, Hitalm. It's H E apostrophe T A L M. And I am technically the second Hitalm.
0: Oh.
1: Doesn't the second mean that you're not actually the child of somebody, but there was somebody previous? In your family tree?
4: Well, I'm glad that you asked, because my mentor, who I am still in a fight with, uh, was (laughs) Hatalm the First.
3: Ooh, Ooh.
0: rough. Excellent. And uh, our GM for this evening is Sherman. Sherman, introduce yourself and how you're connected to this project.
2: Hi, I'm Sherman. I am the head designer of the game. So if uh, there's anything you absolutely hated about the game, it's probably my fault. (laughs) Yeah, um, I basically handle most of uh, the classes, the races, and kind of uh, making sure the monsters and everything doesn't kind of break the game.
0: Uh, now, more than likely, this, these episodes are going to come out right around the same time the Kickstarter goes live. But just in case, uh, do you have a date for when the Kickstarter for this game will go live? Uh, yes, April 24th. Awesome. So anyone who's listening to this, if you find this game interesting, hopefully you do please make sure you check out the Kickstarter. There will be links in the show notes when this actually comes out. So, Sherman, you kind of gave us a quick overview before we started recording, but if you want to give the audience just like a really super quick setup to the game, and then we'll just jump right in.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, so these adventurers have kind of gathered together to try and uh, get into the fairly reclusive city of Vile Zevix, which is very kind of – they really don't like outsiders. They're uh, an entire city of Ventelli. Uh, the only Ventelli city that's actually kind of on the mainland. And they've uh, basically had some trouble in the nearby jungles. Essentially, um, numerous, numerous, numerous travelers have gone missing. And they're fairly concerned that whatever is causing all these people to go missing might start to kind of bleed over and cause trouble for them. Which is why they've uh, gathered together these hardy these adventurers from nearby to solve their problems for them. Because you obviously don't want to uh, risk any of your own Ventelli people. Of course not. That would just be silly. Um, they've kind of told you that basically most of the disappearances of the travelers and actually the local Silian tribes have all been largely in the western reaches of the jungle. So yeah, you do have kind of a general idea of where to go. So as you guys are heading deeper and deeper into the fairly well-lit jungles, you actually... Um, You actually hear a cry from the north. Now, this isn't in the general direction of where you're actually headed. You do know that you're still in the general area that disappearances have been fairly light in. So you don't have to actually kind of head off if you don't want to, but there is a cry nearby.
0: Can we or can I determine is it like an animal being attacked by another animal cry? Is it a person? Is it an oh God, oh God, dear God, help me kind of cry? You are
2: Sanus. Uh, could I get an awareness check from everyone? Okay. And again, how would we do that? Uh, so you roll a d10, and if you look at your inherent stats, you should have four there. Uh, willpower, luck, awareness, and presence. So you basically just roll a d10 and add your awareness bonus to it.
0: So do you need to know the roll plus the modifier? Or does that matter? Is it just you need the total number and that's all that uh, Just the total number. All right. I got a
3: 14. Tiny Willow got a 7.
1: Tog got a five. I think she was uh, distracted by some colorful jungle birds.
3: And Hitom
4: also got a five. So I I imagine she and Tog are both like, oh, look, that
0: is a bird indeed. (laughs) A lot of trees around here, huh?
1: Mm.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tom and Tog are going, look, there's a tree. And Tiny Willow's like, where? And they keep pointing at Tiny Willow.
2: He's like, I don't see the tree. And they're like, it's right there. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, so Sanus, you actually do manage to make out that the, the sounds do sound intelligible. And they actually sound somewhat similar to your native language of Silian. Not exactly the same, but it sounds like it's almost like a related language.
0: Uh, I am going to assume that everyone else is as competent as I am, has also heard this, So without saying anything to anyone, I'm going to turn and go north towards that sound. And now y'all don't know where I went.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Sanus, the road goes this way.
3: Where are you going, Sanus? Did you not hear the cry? (sighs) Follow me. Come on. The woods have a way of
1: playing tricks on us. Tiny Willow, perhaps you can ask some of your relatives around here if they can uh, guide us to fortune and not ill.
3: Ha ha ha! Ah, your directions are always such a treat. I should have stayed in town.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. So we head off. I, I assume falling behind uh, Sanus.
0: Yeah, I'm not waiting for you, folk. I'm just going.
1: So Tog, uh, she kind of unholsters or uh, the the big sword around her back, and she actually draws it in the in the jungle darkness. And she is basically hacking her way through the um, the underbrush because I imagine she's probably the biggest person here. She's pushing six feet tall, so um, she is definitely going to try to blaze a trail behind Sanus as she follows the and i'm um, just
0: sort of slithering and serpentine in and around things almost like i'm not leaving a trail and then of course you make a drill
4: <laughs> the uh four foot four inch hitom uh is going to bravely draw her foil um mirroring tog and just kind of like whipping at a couple weeds
3: here and there <laughs>
4: um,
1: you're gonna hurt yourself if you're not
3: careful and every time they take a whack at the surrounding wilderness, Tiny Willow flinches just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> at their age, you would think they'd be used to this, but they're not.
2: So, yeah, you guys uh, valiantly head off to the north. As you're actually uh, heading out, uh, you actually do see some kind of signs in, near, in, the nearby, um, in the nearby kind of just shrubbery of things kind of moving fairly violently. It looks like uh, something was kind of rushing through these areas fairly quickly earlier. And as you actually kind of continue further and further to north, you actually come out to a bit of a clearing around a lake. There are actually several bloodstains on the ground, um, along with several bodies. They do look reptilian in nature, and you actually see one that does look to be still alive, kind of feebly trying to crawl towards the waterline.
0: All right, I will rush over to that one, drop to my knees, and speaking in what I assume is our common Silian tongue, ask what happened.
2: So yeah, uh, you rush forward, and as you do so, you actually see that it's a lot smaller than a Silian. Uh, it's actually a bit more closer to a uh, tiny willow size, actually. Um, as in, like it's a child, or it's a smaller version. Uh, actually looking like it's a different species. Oh, okay. Um, so as a Salian you'd probably recognize that it's- the- the creatures here on the ground, as you kind of get a closer look at them, are actually, um, Lasari. They have- they've generally historically had a fairly close relationship with Salian. They're basically, like, the only race that the Lasari don't really kind of hate on just principle. They're- they're also kind of uh, generally against outsiders or r- really leaving their tribe.
1: And what do they look like? Can you just go over, again, sort of what their the general appearance of that species looks like?
2: Uh, yeah, they tend to be fairly small and quite lithe and muscular. Um, they actually look a bit more like frogs rather than kind of lizards like the Cylian. Mm, okay.
0: All right, so I also speak uh, Lashari, so I, once I realize that, I will switch to that
2: tongue. And ask again, what happened here? Uh, as you actually do so, he actually, like, screams out at you to run and to get away. And uh, as this happens, we'll actually roll up initiative because something is attacking you. Yeah. Alrighty.
0: All right. So I'm assuming the same as before, you just, because I have an initiative number. Is that a modifier? Yes. Roll add.
2: So just roll 10 and add that to it. All right. I assume it goes high to low. Uh, yes, yes.
0: All right. Um, I got a 16.
3: Tiny Willow reached a 13.
0: It was a stretch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tog got an 11.
4: Uh, what do you do in case of a tie? Because Hitom also got a 16.
2: Uh, in that case, it goes to uh, the higher stat. And if you both have the exact same initiative modifier, then it actually goes to who has higher luck. All right, I have an 8 initiative, Taylor. Me too! Okay, and I have a two luck.
4: <laughs> ah, I have a three. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. So, so I, I get to the point where I'm just getting ready to tell everyone to, like, you know, be aware, look around, but before the words clear my lips, whatever happens, happens.
4: Uh, well, Hitom is nothing if not kind and amiable, uh, so she is going to <laughs> kind of, like, run over. Um, I don't actually see what languages I speak, but if I do speak, um,
2: is it Lasharian? Uh, yes, it should be listed uh, right at the it's top the... of the character sheet.
0: Yeah, it's right above the number portion to the left of the Endless Realms logo. In the bottom right of the block there.
4: Oh, I do not speak Lasharian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say in common, uh, stay still, and then I'm going to attempt a medicine roll, actually.
2: All right, so uh, that will be... So you basically roll a d10, add your medicine to it, and that's going to be opposed by a difficulty. And at this point, he's not severely injured, so I'd probably say this is a fairly easy medicine roll to make. So that'd just be basically what I roll on the die, which is six. Did you beat it?
4: Uh, so, question. Um, I have one rank in medicine, and then it says focus next to medicine. So do I add my rank and my focus score?
2: Uh, no. So with uh, the talents, um, they are all tied to stats, but instead of giving a bonus, they actually act as a cap for how, how high you can actually raise the talent to.
1: Mm. Okay. So should we be looking at that total column on the far right then to look for our modifiers? Yep. Excellent. Okay.
4: I got a three.
2: All right. Uh. So you, you actually start to kind of like look him over and then you start bungling around a bit and he actually cries out. No,
0: he croaks. Oh,
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Good news. Oh my lord. Okay, uh, so yeah, he he doesn't really seem to uh, be taking to your administrations fairly well. Uh, he, he actually uh, screams at uh, Sanus to uh, get this get this buffoon off of me. You fool! Can't you see this? He's jumpy. <laughs> Give him space. Leave him alone.
4: it serves me right for leaping to help so quickly i'm
1: going to kill all of you please focus and uh tog is she she is just like scanning the horizon now that she she's heard the uh the small frog creature yelp out and she has her her claymore sort of perched behind her over her shoulder and she's like scanning the horizon like a predator
2: Okay, so uh, after, after t- uh, Hitom kind of uh, bungles around in the guy's wounds, uh, we'll go to Sanus. So, I was told to run.
0: I see, you know, dead bodies, injured bodies. Uh, I'm going to look at, like, can I tell what the wounds are? They look like claw marks, teeth marks, stabs, magic spells. Like, what's causing yeah. the damage
2: here? So, uh, it actually looks like they've uh, teeth and claw marks, actually. Um, of a fairly... Oh... They look fairly large, um, probably not of a creature that's particularly massive, but something probably more along the side of, like, maybe a a mountain lion. Okay,
0: Um, so it looks pretty clear, like, this creature is trying to get to the water, either for, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, they're probably amphibious, so I'm going to carry them into the water, so I'll just kind of, like, hold them up and then walk into, like, waist deep and then sort of... Let him go?
2: Yeah, um, as you actually do so. Uh, he actually seems to be able to move around a lot better in the water, even with his kind of injured state. And he uh, very quickly kind of swims away. Um, and as he does so, he kind of gives another cry to you, like to, to run, to get away.
0: Okay, I'll translate to the common folk what I'm assuming they're talking Lasharian. Mm-hmm. There's an animal attack. Something's around us. We should be careful.
2: So, um, after, uh, Sanus, we uh, actually get to the creature that caused these. So, uh, leaping out from, um, some nearby brush is a, another large reptilian-like creature. It actually looks a bit like a kind of cross between a wolf and a tiger, with, a uh, green reptilian skin. It has a, a fairly, a large kind of golden mane along its back. And it leaps at uh so where where were you guys kind of kind of positioned around the uh, clearing? I know Hitelm was around the injured guy as and Sanus is currently in the water. Where was tog and tiny willow
1: um, I think tog as soon as she realized that something was going on, I imagine she is sort of away from the shore a little bit, and she's looking to intercept anything that might attack the the travelers here so she's definitely like in the open scanning looking for a target
3: and tiny willow would be along the tree line uh remaining motionless uh bow in hand
2: okay okay so um in that case uh so the creature actually leaps out at tog and uh because you actually were kind of like on the lookout and kind of ready for everything i'd actually say you'd have a, an advantage on your defensive role
1: awesome what does that mean uh, it
2: gives you an extra plus two to the roll
1: excellent so um and i'm rolling my uh, defense. defense here okay.
2: as it actually runs by and tries to snap at your ankles
1: excellent um ooh, not great so i got so a five my, uh my i rolled a one my defense bonus is only a one and then i add plus two to that so i only got a four total
2: okay uh so you did you said you rolled a one on the dice
1: Oh, that is a uh, that is a blunder. Is it?
2: Yeah. So basically, every role in the game can um, critically succeed or blunder, including defense rolls. Uh, so, so it actually looked like for a moment you were only going to take like a slight wound on your your leg. Uh, unfortunately, you kind of actually like trip over your own feet a bit, and mm-hmm. uh, he actually kind of snaps at your legs and gets a fairly deep wound. Uh, so he deals thirteen damage.
1: Okay, and that is reduced by my armor, correct? Yes. Alrighty, so I'm only taking seven from that, because so, I'm wearing some pretty sizable armor. So, yeah, she definitely grimaces in pain as the blood kind of shoots from her leg a little bit, mm-hmm. but she growls and turns to face it as well.
2: And can I also get a balance check, uh, balance save from you?
1: Absolutely. Um, I got a nine total.
2: Okay, so um, with the saves, they're always made against basically the same initial roll that the attack was made with. So because it was only a five to hit you, you actually do manage to kind of keep your feet. Okay, so, uh, awesome. Yeah, it basically like snaps at your legs as it goes running past you, uh, back a, a bit towards the, the water line where the others are. So it's kind of currently in the middle of uh, Tog and, uh, Tog and Hitom at this point. So we'll actually hop on over to Tiny Willow. Tiny Willow will take aim with their bow,
3: and they will take a shot. Now, a shot is going to be a a normal action, correct? Yeah. And with action points, what is the refresh rate on an action point during combat?
2: So uh, your AP basically um, is restored to the maximum at the end of every turn. It's just useful because uh, you might have certain uh, skills that are labeled as trigger skills, those ones are kind of like used when specific kind of events come up. Those always cost one AP and take the AP from your upcoming turn.
1: Oh, speaking of which, I don't mean to interrupt. Sorry, Michael, but I have an. the creature moved past me and away from me, right? Yeah. Okay. I do actually have a triggered ability called chase, which is when an adjacent enemy moves away um, after any penalty blows have been taken, I can follow it up to 15 feet.
2: Okay, yeah, so uh, normally its ability actually allows it to kind of negate uh, penalty blows, but because your ability does triggers regardless of kind of whether penalty blows were happening, okay. you can actually uh, chase after him.
1: Okay, so yeah, in that case she basically chases after the thing that just rushed right past her then.
2: Yeah, so uh, currently uh, Tom is, or er, uh, Tog is currently basically right adjacent to the creature as it's kind of got its... Side a bit kind of towards you while still kind of trying to keep an eye on the, the guys by the waterline. Is it
3: safe to say that uh Tiny Willow is ninety feet or less from the creature? Yes. Yes. Tiny Willow is going to activate their sniper stance. And that will give them a plus two to acuity rolls uh with the bow. It's five feet per level to the weapon's range and may ignore damage resistance equal to their level. All right. And sniper stance is exited if the, the user is knocked down, has their focus interrupted, moved, or takes a move action. So I will do that, and then uh, Tiny Willow will attack with the bow. All right. There, now, the, um, the class ability does not state that it takes
2: any kind of action points. Is that correct? Uh, that's true. Um, so with stances, basically, um, at the start of your round, you can enter into one of the stances you know as essentially a free action. And then I do see an SP cost of 2. Yeah, that's
3: strictly to enter into it. Okay. So I would, I would take that SP 2 now, yeah. but that doesn't maintain through different rounds. hmm Okay. All right. And then I will roll to attack. Okay. So it gets an 8 on its defense. And the uh, the plus two acuity is a is a plus to the attack, correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that is a plus three acuity overall, and that is an uh, eleven. All
2: right. Uh, so yeah, that is that does beat it by three or more, and so you would deal high damage. All right. So that
3: is going to be uh, a total of ten damage as the uh, as Tiny Willow lets a barbed arrow fly from their bow.
2: All right, and you ignore, I believe, 4 DR because of your sniper Uh, stance? It says,
3: yep, ignores DR equal to the level, the character's level. So level 4.
2: So yeah, uh, you actually pierce through its fairly kind of thick hide and actually get a fairly solid hit directly into its kind of midsection. So how much damage did you say that was?
3: That is 10 points. Nice. And uh, as the arrow strikes true, Tiny Willow simply
2: utters, Careful, there are splinters. (laughs) well played sir well played and tog tog
1: now that she has seen uh that her small tree friend has uh, done some damage she is not to be outdone so um she is actually going to try a wild swing um so i get plus one critical range and a plus one blunder range but overall i deal three more damage if i hit so High highs, low lows, and I'm going to swing for the swing for the fences here.
2: Alright, uh, it gets eleven on its defense.
1: Ooh, that is not what I wanted to hear, but let us see what we can do. Um already. I get a ten, so I believe that is a miss for me.
2: That is.
1: Um Well, that's not so bad for me because I do have Oh, wait, that's only if I blunder. Never mind. So, yeah, Tog is just regular angry, not angry angry right now.
2: <laughs> so, it was actually a fairly close attack. You kind of just uh, came at it wildly, and it uh, just barely managed to kind of, like, slip off to the side of your, your massive blow. Mm-hmm.
1: And then at the end, that, that was a normal action. So, as a short action, I can basically catch my breath for a moment, right?
2: Uh, normally, but you did take a trigger skill, so that costs 1 AP from your upcoming turn. So, you'd actually only have two AP left uh, on this turn. That is totally fine. Okay, so what
0: I want to do, or what Silas want, or Sanus wants to do, is I want to use my Wind Gyre ability. Uh, so, basically, I create a Whirlwind of Energy, which does damage. It can also move the creature if it fails a save. I can move it whichever direction I want. How far is it currently away from the pond, uh, the lake edge or the pond edge?
2: Uh, so it's it's a bit away from you guys. So it would probably be about, uh, I'd say, 15 feet away from from Hitom, who's about five feet away from the water's edge. Okay. So roughly 20 feet away from the water's
0: edge currently? Yeah. Okay. So I want to try to move it toward me. So it'll be 10 feet closer to the water if this works. Okay. It's a... Uh, Rank one, type active, save is balance. Uh, so do I need to roll something to make this happen, or does it just happen and then the save is to see if it isn't as effective?
2: So it, essentially what happens is you kind of shoot a, a tornado out of your hand that kind of twists around and tries to push it in a certain direction. So you would roll acuity versus its defense. Okay, and I totally look like Storm when the
0: sap in my eyes kind of go all white. Nice. Uh, you know what happens when giant lizards get hit by lightning? <laughs>
2: So he uh, does critically succeed. So he actually gets 17. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not,
0: yeah. Never trust an elementalist. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I got like a 10 total. So that's not going to happen. Okay, so as far as any of you know, what I tried to do worked. You just don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> he yells out success. <laughs> I have three points, which I'm in the water. It's not going to, uh, so I'll use the rest of my action points to move Back to the edge of the water, so I'm right on the lip of the water in the shore. Okay. And that'll be my turn.
1: Just a quick rules clarification, sorry. To get one stamina point back, that is a short action, correct? Yeah. Okay.
2: So you can do it multiple times per turn if you just wanted to uh, do nothing but kind of catch your breath on your turn. Gotcha, Um, okay. Of note, if you ever do hit zero SP, you actually kind of become so exhausted that the only thing you can do on your turn is catch your breath. Okay, makes sense.
4: What Hitelma is going to do is rush over to her, her newfound compatriot's side and stand next to Tog and make a, a big, big shout at this creature. And I may be small, but my ears are big, and I'm going to try and like, spread them in a defensive display.
2: Okay, okay. And
4: is there an intimidate role that is not going to work?
2: Um, well, as a dandy, you actually can't... do you have an ability called Taunt. Ooh. Uh well specifically um the skill is called insult and it happens to taunt enemies. So it's a uh, presence versus will check. So if you did actually want to, I uh, kind of taunt him and get his attention onto you, you can do so. I extremely do. All right. So you'll see uh in your inherent stats, you should see presence. So you'll it's my be my best one. <laughs> you'll be rolling that against its will and it gets a total of 11. And I what do you do in a tie? With ties, it always goes to essentially the activator of whatever's happening. So if you're being attacked and you get a tie, you uh, the attacker kind of wins. And in this case, if you get a tie, you succeed.
4: Excellent. Um, so I am just shouting, not shouting words, but big insulting things. And I'm doing all these <laughs> like dances and I'm like, hey, you're this big predator of the forest. I'm a tiny little rabbit. Why don't you like stop picking on... My friends, uh, let's go have a a meal together that is not actually me.
2: So yeah, um, he actually does seem to be intensely focused on you now. So uh, With Taunt, um, whenever a creature is taunted, it basically takes a minus three penalty to its actions against other people. But it does get a bonus against its actions against you. So he is intensely focused on you right now. Uh, and as he is very intensely focused, he actually tries to leap atop you. Uh, so he's actually going to make a bite attack and two claw attacks. Going for the full mount. Yeah, uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, so this will be against a defensive roll. So for the first one, it will be uh, only five, and this is his bite.
4: Yes, I got an eight.
2: So uh, he misses as he uh, leaps forward, but we'll see if uh, either of his two claw attacks get you. Right, uh, so that's ten.
0: So do you roll again against each one, or do you roll the once and it counts for all the attacks? Uh, against you
2: him? roll um, for each one. Okay.
4: I got a three on that one. Okay, uh,
2: so he does hit you for high damage, which is 13. Uh, You do get to reduce uh, that damage by any DR you might happen to have.
4: Yep, so I take 11 points of damage.
2: Okay, and uh, the last attack as he uh, swipes at you is a 7.
4: That also hits, but not high damage hit. Okay, so that'll only be 8. 8, so I take 6.
2: Alright, so yeah, he uh, comes swinging at you, and uh, you manage to kind of defend yourself fairly well, despite the fact that he's so intensely focused on on this small little bunny uh, in front of him. And uh, you you survive his onslaught.
4: Tog, now I know why we have you stand in front.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I did my best.
2: Uh, So we'll actually go over to Tiny Willow. Is there
3: any... Negatives to
2: attacking at range from at range into a melee, um, not into a melee. But if they were kind of in front, in the way, essentially, you would take penalties. But okay. since they're kind of at an angle here, it's fairly easy to kind of see the creature where it is. Very good. Uh, Tiny Willow will line up another shot,
3: and I think I uh, yeah I am going to use a. Uh, just my standard attack with the sniper stance. Okay. I think I've already got all the bonuses for marksman, and yep, I think those are all included already. So. so, are there any other are there any other beneficial things I could do at this point in combat in addition to uh, an ability?
2: Uh, I'd have to take a quick look at your ability sheet, but I believe for the most part you've kind of. Covered all the bases. Yeah, I think I'm using what
3: I can. So, all right. Tiny Willow lines up another shot with a Barbed Arrow. Uh, he gets an eight. They gain an additional acuity uh, for uh, the consecutive hit. So okay. um, I'll get an extra plus one bonus on this. That, oh, the nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yep, that is high damage once again. Uh, that'll be another 10 points as another slender barbed arrow
2: makes its way from the bow to the creature's hide. So yeah, he's actually got these uh, two kind of arrows just sticking into his side, and he kind of gives out a a yowl. He actually looks like he's fairly injured at this point. Careful of the thorns.
0: So one could say that your bark is indeed worse than your bite. (laughs) Indeed.
4: Those are piercing insults, my friend. One could say lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh so quick question. Um is the
1: bleeding effect is that like a mechanical thing or is that like a bloodied thing from Dungeons and Dragons? Uh it
2: is actually a mechanical thing.
1: So um Like a like a bleed effect, like a damage over time type thing? Yep. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
2: So uh after Tiny Willow's uh fierce onslaught, we go to Tog.
1: Tog isn't messing around anymore. She tried to swing for the fences and missed, so She's just going to stalk up behind it, and she actually grips her claymore in two hands and is going to try to basically spear the thing in the back while it's distracted by her little bunny friend. All right. So just to clarify, just doing a regular attack doesn't require any stamina points or anything, That's right? Correct. It just costs action points? Okay. I got a seven plus two, so that is a nine for me total.
2: Uh, So he does critically succeed again. Oh. Um, <sighs> So he he actually manages to, uh, he, he was actually, like, so focused on Hitom that, like, he, he actually didn't even notice you and just kind of, like, s- took a sidestep and just uh, managed to completely avoid the attack.
1: Okay, she is going to catch her breath after that uh, fine display of athleticism and get some stamina back. Alright,
2: after Tog, we go to Hitom.
4: So, Hitom is going to just straight up lunge forward towards the creature... I leap forward, my ears kind of like flail up into the air. Um, I am jumping up there and using my lunge ability. All right. So I have rolled a five. Uh, do, is, do I treat this as an attack for when I'm rolling? Yeah. Or is there something in the skill? So
2: uh, you should see on your character sheet in the combat section, um, precision.
4: Ooh, nice. So I got a seven total.
2: Uh, that is also what he got. Oh. So, uh, once again, you being the the activator of this kind of, uh, attack, win. So, uh, it would be low damage instead of high damage.
4: Alright, uh, so ideal two damage, but it ignores five DR.
2: Okay. So it, uh, it it was a fairly light uh, kind of glancing blow, but you actually managed to kind of skewer through his, uh, his hide and get fairly deep into him. Are there any
0: mechanical effects for, like, if a creature moves away, like opportunity attack sort of thing from, uh, yes. for D&D part. Okay, and and is it something that's triggered, or does it, is it automatic when it happens?
2: Uh, it, it is treated as a triggered um, a trigger attack, so you do kind of spend 1 AP from your upcoming turn, but it is something that kind of automatically happens, even if there, it's through a forceful movement, like from uh, certain tornado abilities.
0: Which, I'm I'm going to try that again, but this time I want it to go straight up. So okay. both Torg and Hatam would get to attack it as it goes away Ah, uh, that
2: is that is indeed
0: true team player team player all right here we go so last turn i was just getting centered now is when it's really going to happen yeah so sure practice so, run yeah, yeah practice
2: so, run. just kind of like uh getting an idea of the overall kind of area, yeah i, mean, I just you like know.
0: you know testing the wind getting getting my range
2: increments yeah. correct 10 baby uh, and he critically fails his defense role oh, perfect so uh, he, he doesn't even see anything coming as uh, suddenly you kind of shoot a giant tornado up from below him. So uh, how much damage does that deal?
0: Uh, so I did roll an actual 10, so I don't oh. know how that affects crit damage on a spell. So you basically but, uh, ignore
2: any MR and resistances he might have had to your, your wind magic. All right, so it's caster's level plus
0: 4, so that would be 8. And then they have to make a balance save or they're pushed 10 feet in a direction of my choice, which would be straight
2: up. And uh, so basically with the balance save, it's you don't have to roll again. Basically, you've already kind of done something. He rolls against the same number you originally rolled, which in this case is your crit. So he's so a 13 probably... Total. Uh, with criticals, uh, you basically get a flat plus five, five added so, in as well. So 18. So, 18. so he's probably not going to make this. Uh, and uh, he critically fails again and goes flying up into the air. And as he does so, Tog and Hitom can uh, take a penalty blow on him.
1: Tog will definitely take this penalty blow. So it's just a regular basic attack again, right? Yeah.
2: And uh, I'd say he'd probably have disadvantage on this, because uh, normally you don't get thrown high into the air by giant mystery tornadoes. Sure. So um, Actually, it Tog- only
0: happens about 50% of the time. <laughs> hey,
3: it, not everybody can bat a 500. <laughs> Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh So for his defense roll against Tog, we've got three,
1: and uh, Tog got a seven. So that is a that is high heavy damage. High, high damage, yeah. So she deals thirteen to
2: the creature. All right. Uh, and uh, would Hitom like to also make a uh, attack?
4: Yeah, I think this is a really uplifting moment for <laughs> Tom. So, um,
2: Hitom... <laughs> you lift me up. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: uh, so Hitelm also got a 7 to attack. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, so you actually notice it- it actually doesn't really seem to be kind of trying to wiggle out of the way of your attack, and you skewer it fairly easily, and, uh, yeah. as, It was
4: just swept up in the moment, Yeah! <laughs> uh,
2: as you do so, uh, you realize, um, with your- your two attacks here, it, it's- it's actually dead. Ugh. Teamwork at its finest. As, as Tog just kind of, like, slashes it in uh, two large chunks, and Tom kind of catches one of them on her, her uh, foil.
1: Tog is, like, she's riled up at this point. Obviously, she's had a lot of delayed frustration with this. <laughs> and as she just sort of, like, plants her sword into the dirt, she looks to, uh, to Tiny Willow across the way, and she says, How old are you, Tiny Willow, did you say?
3: Older than the dirt you're standing on. Five 500... Fi- Was it more than that? 535.
1: And you've been making these jokes for 535 years, and you still think they're funny?
3: <laughs> of course. Don't get your roots in a bundle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and with that, Tog, she picks up her sword back out of the dirt and just like gives it a swing into the air and then cleans it off and sheathes it again and goes to pout off in the in the corner a little
0: bit it's the classic rule of three the first hundred years they're funny second hundred years not so much (laughs) now they're back in style baby
3: a tiny willow will uh will kind of trot quickly up toward the body of this thing and try to retrieve uh its arrows
2: uh yeah yeah uh so
0: so is this an animal anything that we're familiar with like is there a Survival skill? Uh, yeah.
2: You can use a wilderness check if you would like. Tiny Willow will certainly do so.
0: Yeah, my thought is, like, do these things hunt in pairs? Like, is it possible there's a male-female situation, babies?
3: That's a 17 for Tiny Willow on the wilderness check.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you basically know everything there is to know about these creatures. <laughs> you just didn't really want to say anything up to this moment. You're like, man, it's, it's not really relevant.
3: Tiny Willow was actually around when this one was born.
2: <laughs> and yeah, you actually know that this is called a Malivore. They are uh, they are a reptile. Fairly vicious and fairly intelligent. Um, lo- just looking at the uh, the corpse here, it actually looks like this one might have been starving a bit. Um, you know that normally these actually hunt in in moderately large sized packs, with the only exception being that uh whenever whenever a pair actually um whenever one of the pair becomes pregnant, the other Malivore will actually like leave the territory, just kind of give them space.
5: Hmm.
2: Uh this one does look like it's female, but you don't really see any other signs in the area of there being like more of these creatures. It just looks like there was this one here kind of harassing these lasari. Lizar- and from Tiny Willow's
3: knowledge, this one does not appear to be physically appear to be pregnant.
2: No, no. It does look like it's in kind of poor shape, like it's kind of gone hungry recently.
3: So as Tiny Willow pulls the arrows out, um, uh, they will run their fingers across the rib cage of the creature and kind of move the head a little bit and uh, r- remark to the group. This Malivore seems malnourished, and there would normally be more of them.
1: It's a dead lizard. You're looking too hard into it.
2: Are they
0: common to this area?
2: You do know that they are fairly common to this area. They they can be really, really aggressive if people kind of move into their territory, but for the most part, they're usually a bit calmer around humanoids. They don't kind of actively harass them under normal situations.
1: This thing certainly doesn't look big enough to have swallowed up all the people we're looking for, though.
3: Well, remember, it's not just the the people. There's also creatures and wildlife missing as well, which may explain why there's only one of these.
0: Yeah, this is a
3: symptom, not the cause.
2: Sure.
0: Now, there are other Lashari dead bodies here, right? There are. There, there are three. Gonna check them just to make sure they're dead, you know, not... Again, that can be taken a couple different ways. I mean, <laughs> if they're not dead, I want to know that. Um, and then I, I don't know what the ritual rites would be. I would assume i go back to the water from whence they came. Uh, so if I you can was...
2: make a, a spiritual, a spirituality check if you wanted to kind of see if you know that.
0: Okay. Is there a skill that, that would also go to
2: spiritual? Oh, there it is. I got a 14. Uh, you know everything there is to know about uh, Lasari uh, <laughs> kind of burial practices. Yeah, very interesting race. They actually like to be left into the dry sun, so we're good here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You actually know that um, in general, uh, there are a number of kind of cleansing rituals that a lot of uh, the silene and El in this area actually kind of share, usually involving kind of washing the body and then basically kind of putting it to rest, uh, usually off in the the wild.
1: So is is the one that we stumbled across that was wounded here, is that one still alive and in the water? Is it? is that what happened? It swam off, but it, it might come back. It might be. I mean, if you can speak to it, it might be good to call that thing back so you can have a conversation with it, so we can get through what we're here to do quicker.
2: Um, of note, uh, as you are kind of like checking over the bodies, you notice um they actually are all injured in a very specific manner. They all have bones pierced through their tails, uh, and you being the kind of uh knowledgeable person about lasari that you are actually do know that this is a fairly common practice um essentially kind of signifying how kind of great a warrior a particular lasari is the more spines Mm -hmm. they have pierced into their tail the the more kind of great and
1: uh it's like a ritual piercing kind of basically
2: after any kind of great battle that they've kind of succeeded at they get a piercing and the ones with massive piercings throughout their tail are generally kind of chieftains or, or more, more well-known warriors. Uh, all of these only have a couple of them, so it looks like they were all fairly young, as did the one that kind of swam off. Uh, so I will
0: start working on the rituals uh, as I know them, and you know, in between moments I will try to go to the water's edge and try to call another Lashari out of the water if I can to talk with him.
2: As you're actually doing so, you do notice several things kind of swimming into your guys' dire- direction.
0: What kind of things? Yeah, define things.
2: (laughs) Uh, They're small kind of shapes uh, below the water, and uh, as they get closer and closer, you actually realize that there are several Lasari. I will wait for them to hopefully surface. They actually do so at the the water's edge. Uh, One of them looks uh, like the injured Lasari you previously met. It looks like its wounds have been kind of bandaged up a little bit better than Hitom tried to do. And, uh... Among them is another lasari that looks about the same kind of age, fairly young, with only a few spines. And uh, in the middle of them is a lasari that has numerous spines throughout its tail.
0: Uh, I will look to that one and give sort of a respectful, I don't know, bow or you know, wave or tip of that, whatever the tip of the frock would be, the appropriate greeting of respect. And I I would say my companions and I were able to fell this beast that was attacking you, but I fear there are other worse things. In the jungles, would you be willing to share information?
2: As he kind of like looks over the uh, the situation and kind of looks over your group, he he actually nods his head to you and says, "You show great respect to my to to the children of my tribe. As thanks, we will offer any information you desire."
1: Are they speaking in the common tongue here, or in their own no, language?
2: No, no. Um, the the, the head of Lasari is currently speaking Lasari to Sanus. I will translate if no one else speaks Losari.
1: Tog looks to Hitom and says, kind of rude, don't you think? A little bit.
0: Yes, you are.
4: Oh, I forgot that he can understand <laughs> He speaks yeah. so many languages is the thing.
3: Tiny Willow will uh, kind of look around at the situation and then walk into the clearing a bit. And it appears that Tiny Willow is digging its feet into the ground. Okay. Tiny Willow is going to use consult nature. So, by rooting themselves into the ground, uh, the Yakshi are able to gather information from nearby flora and fauna via a chemical signal, learning the area's recent history, and learning about the surrounding region. Flora, with some degree of sentience, may provide more detailed information. It functions like a knowledge skill. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: While that's happening, I'll be asking questions, try to get, basically get the same information. But mm-hmm. the gist of my conversation is there are people going missing from this region – do they know anything about what might be causing it? Is there like a new tribe that has come in? Is there a new animal? Is there a you know predator type situation? What's going on?
2: So uh, as you're kind of speaking to him, he actually seems um he's actually quite warm to you, largely probably because of the the actions you've taken. And he actually nods his head and says that something has disturbed the Holy Lands and all those who draw near have vanished. Uh, The the animals in the area have kind of grown wild and angry, and many of them are kind of leaving the area.
0: Could you give us directions to this place? We would like to inspect it for ourselves.
2: He uh, actually looks you all over and kind of, he seems a bit hesitant, uh, presumably, as he's mentioned earlier, because it's some sort of holy land. I will,
0: again, speaking in Lashari, I'll say, uh, I know my companions do not seem like much, but they are worthy and able. And then I'll look at uh, Twig and go, most of them.
4: <laughs> at, at Worthy and Able, I think um, Hattom would do like a, a flourish <laughs> with like the still, like the bits still on the foil and just be like, "Ah,
1: you're making an ass of yourself. Stop it.
0: We do not wish to disturb. We only wish to help. We have our own reasons, but at the moment we are conjoined in purpose.
2: So he actually does nod his head and says, I, I will trust you in this matter and does kind of direct you towards their ancient holy land.
0: I uh, thank him for the information, wish them well, give them whatever, again, whatever Lashar greeting or or farewell that would be appropriate, and then uh, I'll wait for my companions to be
2: ready. Uh, As you actually kind of um, prepare to do so, he actually uh, stops you and pulls out a small little, um, it, it looks kind of like a small little pouch made of a large leaf, and says, this is for you, as... Thanks for the honor you have shown to the fallen.
0: Uh, it is my custom. I can never accept a gift without giving one. So I'll find something that I could give, you know, whether it's gold, some some sword trinket I can return the gift with.
2: Okay. So yeah, uh, he he nods his head and thanks you for your, your kindness and says if you need help, you may frequent, you may call into the area and someone shall get him again. Once again, give the farewell and wait for Tiny Willow. So uh, they kind of turn and uh, swim off back into the, the waters.
4: Once they're out of earshot, I'm going to say, Hey, Sanus, what's that weird leaf thing that you got? Did they give you a lunch?
0: <laughs> uh, I will op- unroll the leaf and see what it is.
4: So, yeah, um, I mean, we had kebabs. Now we have a salad.
2: You unroll it, and there's actually um, three small balls that look like they're kind of a, a mixture of some sort of gunk with uh, various leaves and berries.
1: Ah, forest gunk balls. (laughs) A true treasure
2: you
4: found. (laughs) (sighs) Uh. Hitom is actually going to take this very seriously um, and just kind of, like, get real close up in there um, because I can always cast Detect Magic even if I don't have access to spells.
2: Indeed. Uh, Would any of you like to uh, make a sort of knowledge check? This would be Medicine or Wilderness.
1: I don't have knowledge forest gump, so I'm going to go <laughs> stare at the sun until you guys are ready.
3: Tiny Willow's in their own world right now, so... Tog will take a nap in the shade of
2: Tiny Willow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Samus got a 12 on a medicine roll.
2: Okay. So yeah, um, you actually kind of examine it, and it appears like it's uh, indeed a, a sort of anti-poison. Hmm. Um, it, it basically looks like it's actually... um. <laughs> You actually recognize a number of the uh, compounds that have kind of gone into it. Despite looking kind of nasty, it looks like it's actually fairly strong and can basically heal heal a person of most poisons.
0: All right. Um I will take one. I'll give one to Hatam. Can tiny willow eat like the you know uh, they are a tree, but do they take
2: n- nourishment through the soil, or do they actually... They normally do it through the, the soil and sunlight. Uh, they they do have mouths that they've kind of um, grown just out of... Uh, as a means of kind of, like, helping them communicate with other races, because everyone started getting a weird, little weirded out by the fact that they just kind of, like, make weird <laughs> little trembling sounds with their vines.
1: Yeah, we had to stop that. That, that was freaking people <laughs> So Aww, that's
2: so. So they're though. like, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> we'll grow some mouths just so you guys aren't creeped out so much. Um, so yeah, they can consume um, certain products. They usually have a more plant like nature. They're not really big on uh, kind of eating meat.
0: All right. Well, I'll wait since Tog doesn't seem interested. I'll wait till Tiny Willow is finished and then offer uh, one of these to them to see if
3: they would want it, just in case. Tiny Willow's fronds, uh, his or Tiny Willow's willow. Branches actually look as though they are changing color a little bit from like a, a grayish green to like a, a a dark green, and then the color fades back to a regular regular kind of grayish grayish green. And tiny willow will unroot themselves, and then I tiny willow rolled an eleven, so I don't know what the
2: okay.
3: The challenges for that.
2: All right. Uh, so you basically stick your roots into the ground and kind of like begin communicating with the nearby grasses and trees and shrubbery in the area, and they all kind of. None of them have eyes, so they can't really uh, tell you anything that they've seen, but they can tell you uh, things that they've kind of just felt from creatures kind of trampling through and across them, and just the general feeling in the area, and they actually. Um, all kind of communicate the same sort of thing that the the soil itself seems to be it they basically communicate that something is almost poisoning the land
3: did tiny willow feel some of that effect as they rooted themselves.
2: Uh actually yes. You you almost felt a little a little nauseous as you were doing so and just kind of like getting a, a general feel of the plants in the area. It, it basically made you feel like like your entire stomach your, your 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 tree stomach was just roiling and turning.
1: At this point um Tog walks over to Tiny Willow and says, "You look like you're going to barf."
3: And at that, a, a bit of sap comes out of Tiny Willow's mouth <laughs> and slowly drips down the and front of him. Tog t- t- uh, produces
1: one of the little mucky stick balls and uh, hands it to Tiny Willow and says, "This looks like it's this kind of crap you'd eat here."
3: And and Tiny Willow puts up a hand simply to say, "No, thank you. I uh, I, I I do not require uh, this." the land the land is ill
1: and tog is sort of she's thumbing over the the, uh, the sphere of muck in her in her hand as she says well the elementalist says that this is some sort of poultice for illness i mean if you this is temporary Alrighty. it will go away
3: but but i thank you
1: tog will pocket that little the the poultice and uh Say, if you're ready to join, I think we're, they're going to take us to the holy site.
0: So Yeah, I was given directions. Um, do I know, like, approximately how long it will take for us to get there? Is it like a half-day's walk, a
2: 15-minute walk, a four-year journey? Uh, it'll actually take you about an hour and a half. And you do know that it's actually generally in the same sort of direction that the the, the Ventelli from Vile Zevix have kind of been telling you that most of these disappearances have actually been coming from.
0: Then let us away.